This is former TNA World Champion Raven, and you're listening to TNA Cross the Line Podcast. Quote the Raven, nevermore. And don't cross the line. Or do cross the line. I'm not really sure if you're supposed to, you're not supposed to. I don't know. Eh, whatever. You get it. TNA Wrestling. Cross the Line. And we're back with episode 183 of the TNA Crossline Podcast. I am Bob Collin Jr. With me, as always, is Dallas Gridley in Dallas. If you can't find a friend, well, then maybe you just have to find an enemy. And that is what Raven has done to combat the duo of Jeff Jarrett and Rhino. Because Raven doesn't have any friends, Aside from Cassie Riley, who is a stalker and Dallas believes wants to sleep with Raven potentially, no, just like no. Nick James would a year later with Trish Stratus. Not what I said. In the day Wait, that's after this? Yeah, it's 2006. You know, they're always fucking copying TNA, dude. See? So you're right. So that's what you're saying. Yeah. They're always fucking copying it, but they had to make it so it was like they wanted to bang. Yeah, they had their match at WrestleMania <clears throat> 22. Oh, that is such bullshit, dude. They copied the Cassidy Riley gimmick from the internet. Yeah. You're probably right. But that's because... So Sabu is back. He's been here a couple of times. We saw him in the asylum years. In 2002, he was here for like three weeks. Mm-hmm. And then in 2004, with Raven, who we thought was a friend, but Raven made it abundantly clear he's not. And now he's back here in 2005 as a... Well, an ally through need and not necessarily want. Right. And uh, he's, he almost died, but he's back now. That's why he, right. that's, that's kind of what happened before. Because he says a bad steroid shot. Ste- quote, steroid shot. Yeah, but I don't even know why you would want to even use that as an excuse. Well, um, I guess it probably sounds better than other needles. Yeah, I'm. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know how much is known at this point, but I, you know. Well, I don't even know how much drugs or whatever he was doing. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, we have that. We also have uh, Jerry Lynn taking credit for Sean Waltman's success for their matches back in 1991. Yeah, that's been going on. That's some good stuff. Um, they also, um, all the referees are scared of Monty mm-hmm. Brown and Kip James in Three Life Crew. So now we are continuing our about six-month-long storyline. And now BG James is going to be forced to be the referee at Sacrifice uh, between these guys. Um, I just don't know how we're going, keep, keeping this going till October, potentially. Because you know what's going to happen, Bob. Is if, if they do it that long... <laughs> Okay, let's just imagine. Let's say we're starting right at the beginning of October. We go that long. It's going to go about two weeks. And then I think they're just going to do whatever. And then it's going to be like, wow, that was really worth the wait. Because the whole idea here is you want they want to get people invested on TV. 
before they do it. Mm-hmm. Even though it's been going on, if you're actually been watching for so long, that like I feel like they're gonna rush it once it's on TV, and then it's not gonna do the job that they actually wanted to do. Yeah, you're. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, and it doesn't help either that uh, in your notes. I think it was like last week or whatever that they've uh, put in a copyright or whatever for yeah, the trademark. The trademark for uh, the James Gang. Yeah, I mean that kind of actually- just tells you where they're going right there. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's on this week's episode. It actually might be on next week's episode. Uh, there's a cr- very interesting um, interview note. So we will uh, we'll get it. And it's relating to all this. So we, we'll get into that uh, next week. But um, there's something else I was about to say about this whole situation. That I lost it. I totally forgot. Oh, um, one idea I was thinking that I feel like they could potentially do just to kind of kill some time with it. Is kind of like an in, just do like an injury angle, because if you take someone out of the story, I feel like there's a way that we could extend this longer. Like I feel like if Monty and Kip James injure Conan and Ron Killings or one or the other, they could probably waste more time with it, just by essentially removing it from TV because they're injured. <laughs> Yeah, but then, like, what do you do with them? Well, that's the problem. <laughs> well, you know what? The thing is, really, I mean, Monty Brown is playing really no part in this, mm-hmm. story-wise. Because yes. it's clearly between Kip and... It's really Kip, BG, and Conan. Like, Ron yeah. and Monty Brown are just kind of, like, there. Yeah, I would agree with that. I feel like Ron has a very small role in this anymore. Right. It's mostly like Conan is really upset about it. Yeah. And then Monty Brown is just like, oh, I'm teaming with Kip because that's just what the that's what the sheet says. So that's what I gotta do. Yeah. It's kind of amazing just how I mean he went from challenging for the title, Monty Brown, challenging for the title to to Triton. Oh, yeah. That was like, dude, that was like a bullet in his career. It was was like, okay, you're going to fight Triton, and then he hasn't done nothing. And then he had a, he turned heel on the same show as Triton, right? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think, yeah. That Triton match was a killer, though. It was not, it was so. No, that was bad. Yeah, it's pretty disappointing. Um, Who knows? Maybe we'll see a resurgence soon. But right now he's a pawn in a game that has nothing to do with him and is not elevating him or his character or his match quality or anything at all. Yeah. Which sucks because I really like Monty Brown. So it's a bummer for me. Um, We also are continuing on with the Super X Cup 2005 here. We've been doing uh, first round matches and I believe on today's episode we will be heading to the semifinals. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. The finals will be taking place at Sacrifice. And then the winner of that will end up facing Christopher Daniels, most likely at the September pay-per-view, which we know the name of is Unbreakable. Yeah, and by all accounts, um, it, sir, it sure would seem as if it's going to be a Joe Daniels showdown. 
Yes, they're heavily teasing it on TV. They have been for quite some time. And it's like, it's nice subtle teases, but like if you're paying attention, you realize what they're doing. It's like they, they put them in a tag match together. Daniels is watching his match. And then Samoa Joe is watching Daniels' match right. at the pay-per-view. I mean, it's very subtle stuff, but it's like just enough where if you're paying attention, you're like, ah, I see what they're doing here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's good. I like it. I'm enjoying the Super X Cup so far. Um, and we're going to see more of it today. I'm excited. Um, Bob, let's run down what happened on last week's episode of Impact real quick, match-wise. And then we'll get into some notes. There's not a ton of stuff to talk about today, um, both during the show and before the show. So I have, like, three notes we're going to mention before the show and just a handful that we'll talk about as we watch it. So it's a shorter uh, note week, but... So last week on the July 29th, 2005 edition of Impact, we saw Sanjay Dutt defeat Elix Skipper and Sharkboy in four minutes. Alex Shelley defeated Shocker in five minutes, 28 seconds to move on in the Super X Cup. Cassidy Riley and Mikey Batts went to a no contest. And I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, this is where Jeff Jarrett and Rhino came out and then he, they gored him. And that's when the whole Sabu thing happened. Um, so that no contest essentially was to get Sabu back. Then we saw James Storm uh, with Chris Harris ringside defeat Matt Bentley with Tracy at 6 minutes, 43 seconds. That's right, guys. If you missed out, he's no longer Michael Shane because of legal issues. And they are telling us that straight on commentary. So he's going by his real name, his birth name, Matt Bentley. Which is all funny. because of the Shane brothers. Or of, Shane all, of, of all fucking people, dude. It's so bad. The human condoms, man. Never forget. Uh, then in the main event, we saw P.D. Williams defeat Chris Sabin at 11 minutes, 43, sorry, 45 seconds to move on in the Super X Cup as well. So pretty exciting stuff happened last week. I thought it was a good show, and I'm hoping that today's will be uh, also pretty good. So we will find out what happens as we uh, move on here. Uh, so, Bob, we've been talking about Spike TV. Quite a bit, I was just going to say, we didn't even mention that it was technically announced already. Yeah, so last week it was it was noted that it's been announced. Uh, we're going on Spike in October, and we have a little bit more to discuss about that right now, actually. Um, so the company will actually be meeting with Spike TV within the next two weeks to put together a marketing plan for the October debut. Now, because Spike and not TNA is selling ad time, uh, they have even more of a financial interest in the show doing well. So the claim is they are going to strongly promote the show. So Dave says that time will tell, and hopefully they have TNA doing commercials, and they list the time and date for the debut instead of apparently the bang-up job of the UFC promotion where they had the wrong month for the debut and never listed a timer to date. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty good stuff there. Um, and we'll we'll be talking about this further, of course. I mean, we're going to be talking about this for the next few weeks. And I think next week we have more information about this whole um, deal between these guys. So right now we're being told they are buying time. And so this is that essentially Spike is selling the ad time, not TNA. I think that's the important part of this this note here. Yeah, because if they were buying time, when they would get a piece of the ad share wouldn't they potentially because fs when they were on fs1 
they were buying time, but they also got like some of the sell the air air time or whatever. I think they did. I think so. So this is strictly just Spike doing it, and that looks like they're trying to recoup something. Yeah. I don't know. I'm uh, I'm pretty curious though, and see how this develops. Uh, speaking of TV deals, though, the company has also signed a TV deal for India on ESPN Star, which debuted on August second. Sanjay Dutt will be going to India in September with at least one other TNA wrestler for a promotional campaign. Uh, he notes that they really ought to air clips of Dutt in India on their TV show. Uh, so when they do this, now a newspaper story listed Triton as going with Dutt. But Triton is no longer with the company. Uh, when listing stars, among the names listed in this article were Kevin Nash and DDP. And of course, while Nash currently at this point has said, uh, Nash never said that he wasn't going back, but appears to be no interest in using DDP by the current booking committee after he put on such that fuss about getting pinned by Monty Brown. So we have an outdated article um, in India right now. Which is that doesn't surprise me. Just so fun. It's amazing how like mad they were about DDP putting up a stink. I know, dude. I think it's it's pretty interesting. Maybe that they shows that really they didn't. actually did believe in Monty Brown at one point, and then something fell through. Because if like they're like, we want Monty to pin DDP, there, I think TNA has the mindset of like, hey, this is an old star. We should get him over more. Right. It is. It's very interesting. Uh, my my final note here before we can get into the show, Bob, is actually a Scott Demore interview. And I figured I'd just mention this before I get in because it, it's just got a little bit more to it. Uh, this was on Between the Ropes. He talked about the current writing team, which consists of himself, Mike Tenay, Dutch Mantel, Bill Banks, and Jeremy Borash. He said their idea was to make a clear distinction between the tag division, the heavyweight division, and the X division. He said in his biased opinion, TNA featured the best, best athletic wrestling around. And he said people often went up to him and told him that when they watched TNA, they weren't embarrassed to be a wrestling fan. Uh, he, he said, in his opinion, the two men TNA needed to build around were AJ Styles and Monty Brown. He said WWE dropped the ball on Rhino. Uh, he says that Lance Hoyt might be a breakout star and that AMW was a great team. Uh, he also noted that while October 1st, apparently their debut on Spike right now, Seems a long way off. There's actually only a very short period of time before then to get everything in order. So it might feel like a long time, Bob, but they got a lot of shit to do. It's like less, I, less than two months away. Well, that's the thing. I, it's funny. I was looking today and I was like, it's fucking August. Yeah. We're about to be watching Spike TV Impact very soon. Right. Yeah, and speaking of which, um, similar to when they, when it was they lost their FS one. Yes, yeah, yeah, so at, right after FS1? hard hard uh, hard justice. Right after hard justice, there was a few weeks where they didn't have any TV. Well, guess what, folks? After Unbreakable, it happens again. It happens again. I think it's like what three Is it, three it, or four th- weeks. Three, yeah, something like that. Where there is zero impact until they debut on Spike. So once again, we're going to have to find some stuff, whether it be a match or a show, whatever. Now, 
the singular match that we did last time was a uh, that was bad. I'm so sorry we did that to you guys. Uh, well, I'm sorry we did it to ourselves. Me, oh, well, me too. That man. was pretty brutal. Yeah, it was. Um, and brutal in the sense of like I don't want to watch that ever again. No, that was just not good. Yeah. So it was there's PWG. It was yes, PWG takes Jason. Um, yeah. Or Jason takes PWG. Sorry, but. I mean, I think part of the issue is we were trying to watch early PWG, and unfortunately, it just was not doing good. <laughs> right. Well, and when you see, you know, AJ Styles against Christopher Daniels, you're thinking, oh, that should be good. And then it was not. Yeah. Well, we for sure have one thing lined up, but I think we should hold it uh, to ourselves for right now. Uh, we'll we'll talk about it here in the future. But yeah. we definitely have at least one of those bonuses that if you're an old school TNA fan— you know what show we're talking about because it happens right before they go on Spike TV. And honestly, I've never, I don't think, seen this particular moment in full. And I'm extremely excited to do it. But we will, we'll talk about that here. I would say probably after Sacrifice, we'll start, uh, we'll start chit-chatting a little bit. Actually, we might even need to hold that one a little longer, but we'll figure it out. I think you'll be surprised how many people don't know about that show. Really? Okay. I feel like that's like a... Well, I'm a fan of the people, so it kind of makes sense. But anyways, we'll talk about it. We have at least one that we're, we know we're doing. We'll figure out the rest. But just like we did between Hard Justice and Slammiversary, we'll be doing notes during that time still. So you guys are going to want to keep up with some of those bonus episodes, even if normally the bonus episodes aren't for you. We're going to be covering notes still. So I'd, I'd recommend uh, still joining us for some fun, whatever that fun may be. I don't know yet. We've already watched all the random... Sh- Random stuff I wanted to watch. We did the XWF. We did the WWA. Both of which severely let me down. But we did it. We did do it. Yeah. We survived that. We can survive anything. If we survive fucking Jason takes PWG. That's right. uh, Main event. But anyway. <laughs> that's it, Bob. I got. That's all I got. That's all you got? To start. We're going to talk about stuff during the show, but... Yeah, man. There's um, there's a couple like random things where I'll mention during the show, but it's not a heavy uh, note week. Uh, but some of the stuff for during the show, there's some pretty interesting stuff. So I am actually excited to talk about a lot of this. But yeah, pre-show notes, not a ton here. Ah, okay. Well, then I guess it's that time to get into the August fifth, two thousand five edition of TNA Impact. Uh, the approximate runtime for this is 45 minutes and 33 seconds. If you want to watch along with us, head over to Impact Plus, or you can find it in your own personal collection. I'm going to count down from three. When I say play, that is when we're going to watch the show. So here we go. Three, two, one, play. You think they're going to keep this This is TNA thing when they get on Spike? No. The thing is, I like it, but we've been hearing it so long, I'm way over it. I don't, I don't think they would keep that. It's a nice, in, it's better than the real intro. Uh, so we're hearing, seeing flashbacks here, and of course, this is about Rhino's debut, and now we're seeing Rhino and Raven go at it, and in a second, I'm sure we're going to see Sabu pop up. So, and as we've been talking about, they're making Rhino look like a pretty solid uh, contender for the title.
Here's Rhino Gorn, Cassidy Riley, and Mikey Bats last week. The Rhino Driver. He does look like a like a man beast. Who am I going to get to be my partner? If one is scarred bad enough, one no longer feels the pain. Who do you know who's got more scars than Sabu? He didn't say that part. I was just thinking it. But there's, if you watch Deathmatch Wrestling, there's some pretty nasty looking people out there. That's true. You like death matches, Bob? Not really. You like, you like people being power bombed on um, like a board that has forks sticking up? No, I, I've never understood. What about um, that stuff? The skewers. Skewers. How do you feel about skewers? No. Oh, see, I don't mind the skewers. I don't. I don't understand how that's like storytelling and wrestling, though. It's not. But like people will be like, oh, you don't, you don't understand it. It's storytelling. It's like no, if you put a, if you put seventeen light tubes in a corner and then pile drive somebody through it, what is the storytelling there? And then they kick fucking, out. Well, it's a fucking hardcore match, dude. It's not. That's the thing. Not even hard. That's not hardcore. That's just. I don't. I don't know what you're doing. Generally enjoy deathmatch wrestling, but I also there's some stuff where I don't hate it and like i've watched it and i have enjoyed it so i i can understand a death match if um you know these guys have been feuding for a year and it's like you know this is the only way to do it but what happens with deathmatch wrestling really is it's just a random match between two guys right and then you go on to the next match and guess what it's a death match between two random guys yeah that's kind of the issue with it (laughs) you know it's not like a feud ending thing really anymore right looks like tonight we're getting Samoa Joe and Alex Shelley they're showing the Super X Cup bracket yeah I think you're I think you're right though Bob um I think I think I don't like when there's like 17 tubes in the corner like that shit that you're saying like I don't like that I don't like glass panes like that doesn't really do it for me yeah no I like the skewers because it makes a cool visual, but that's about it. I don't even like that. Have you seen? Have you seen when people do? Um, they put a needle in their cheek and they squirt water out. Have you seen uh, that? I don't like that. Yes, oh. I've seen that. I don't like that shit. Samoa Joe's out here first, so we're kicking this uh, impact off really good. Look at that trophy, Bob. That'll appear in action figure form here in uh, a short time. Mm. I won't say no more than that. Alex Shelley's got a different look going on here, doesn't he? Yeah, I kind of like this. He's wearing a purple vest. And he threw sunglasses at the cameraman. I like the look. I don't like the strobe lights that everyone's been having when they come out, though. I'll say that. That's been, like, everyone. Yeah. Uh, I got a couple of notes here for Samoa Joe. Okay. Back on July 23rd at Ring of Honor, the homecoming, Smojo teamed up with James Gibson and Jay Lethal, losing to Homicide Loki and Ricky Reyes. Oh. And there's one more that happened on the same day as the show. He defeated Smojo, defeated Spanky at Full Impact Pro's Heat Stroke Night One. Hmm. 
in Crystal River, Florida. And then let's see about Mr. Alex Shelley. The current 2023 Impact World Champion. That's right, defeating Nick Aldis to retain its anniversary. Whoa. All right, let's see. Shelly working the leg of Samoa Joe here on our uh, Impact. Joe mixed up his gear here, Bobby. He's wearing blue and black. I think he's really only worn the brown so far, hasn't he? Or did he wear red once already? Um, I feel, I feel like, like I've seen been... him in red. Okay, maybe he's done the red. I feel like it's mostly been that brown gear, which is, like, fine, but... Well, the brown gear is like OG Smoke Joe. That's why. That's why I think that's mostly what I've seen. But yeah, I'm pretty sure he wore red. I feel like, yeah, I feel like he might have, but I don't know. Uh, Daniels is on commentary, by the way. I hear him talking right now. Did you say you had another note? No, Alex Shelley just has, uh, he's on a zero one tour. Oh, okay. I thought I cut you off and then no. we missed it. Okay, cool. Okay, we're going to commercial, but we're back. And Alex Shelley is controlling the arm of Samoa Joe, which I find hard to believe at this moment, but. It's Matt wrestling, baby. That's right. Storytelling. Oh, look at this. Yeah, look at this. Maybe if they throw a couple light tubes in there. A figure four say, on the arm. I, I prefer this over. Like skewers to the forehead. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think I'd probably agree with that. You'd rather have skewers in your forehead than an armbar? No, I'm saying I I agree with you. You hesitated, like I did. Uh, I did maybe, think about it. Maybe I'd rather see a guy get pile driven through a pane of glass. No, 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 no. No, if we're talking about that, definitely Matt wrestling. Now, if we're talking skewers, I maybe have to think about it. I think the skewers are a good visual. Yeah, but so, like, what's the point? Because it looks cool. Uh, so AJ Styles is watching on a tiny-ass monitor in the back, and he's watching it like a normal person, not standing to the side like in WWE. Yeah, what is up with that? They still do that. They still do it. I think they do it now to be funny. Like, they know people think it's dumb, so they keep it going. Yeah. But, like, no one watches a TV like that. I don't know. I don't get it. Still Matt wrestling here. Very slow match. Maybe they should get the skewers out. Um, I have a Samoa Joe interview I can tell you about, though. Uh, technically, I have a note from the interview, and next week we're going to say the interview, but why am I going to do it twice? So I'll just tell you the interview. Yeah. Uh, Samoa Joe on we- uh, Wrestling Weekly said that he was he chose TNA over WWE because it was a simply better fit for him. Plus, between TNA and indie dates, he could make more money doing that. It seems to be a common trend. Um, when guys end up choosing TNA, I feel like. Uh, he also said that he was seriously considered stepping away from wrestling due to burnout. But then the TNA deal came along, and the rest is history. Hmm. Could you imagine if Samoa Joe stopped wrestling right before TNA? Like, I don't, I don't believe that. Right, he right before he's going to explode here, and he's like, "I'm done." I feel like every okay, every wrestler ever is like, oh, I'm burnt out. I don't want to do it anymore. And then they just happen to get a deal or whatever. Mm. Petey Williams is watching from the uh, stage. 
by the way. Like Davey Richards has done that where he'll stop wrestling for like two years and then he comes back. Alex wow. Shelley took a hiatus for a little bit. Came he did. back. They both did uh separate professions though. And like there's what, little... what was Shelley doing? Shelley is a I believe a physical therapist. Okay. Like still is. Okay. That's his full time job and he like also does wrestling. But I think Alex Shelley is kind of having a uh, revival here. Obviously, he's the Impact Heavyweight Champion. And uh, he's kind of fucking killing it again with Chris Saban. So I'm glad he's back. Look at these fucking kicks by Samoa Joe to Shelley in the corner. Oh, that was like a Loki kick to the back of his head, that last one, it looked like. Might have been upper back, but regardless, I mean, that was a vicious one. Crowd chant for Joe, dude. I feel like I feel like even the crowd's starting to get into him. He's he's still fairly new here. It's only been here for like a month and a half. But you see this dude come out and beat someone's ass. His shit looks so real. Well, it it looks real because um, it sounds very real. Yeah. Some of it is. Right. He runs into a boot by Shelly. Shelly's up at the top, jumping knee off the middle rope. Trying to take Samoa Joe down. Wheel, barrel, bulldog. Got him. Going for a pin, but Samoa Joe kicked out fairly quick there. Coming off the ropes. Samoa Joe takes out the legs. He like he missed the scent on there. Well, you can't hit them all. Joe, of course, wearing the necklace that Dallas would get bullied for. Yep. See, I wish I, I don't. I I wish I knew. Uh, made this connection here. I could have been like, but I'm like Samoa Joe, so it's it's cool. Mm. Do you still have it? Yeah, maybe I should start wearing it. You should. I don't know why I still have it. I don't wear it. You should keep wearing it. You should wear it again. That way, I can believe. Okay. Maybe I'll wear it to podcast one day, and I'll be like, "This is my Samoa Joe necklace." Looks like anal beads to me. <laughs> <laughs> and you have PTSD. You're like, oh my god, high school all over again. High school, and then like my butt starts hurt or something. <laughs> Samoa Joe. Oh my god, he's gonna hit the muscle buster. Spin, oh, spin, spin. Boom. Yeah, this is it. Is he gonna choke him out? <gasps> yeah, he's definitely gonna oh, choke him out. There it is. Okay, there he's gonna tap. Is he going to tab or is he going to pass out? Shelly seems like he tabbed. No, he passed out. I was thinking it was going to be a tab, too. Maybe they're preparing to pull it over like he can make people pass out in this. Huh. Yeah, he, the referee just called it. Wow. Wow. But he did a different pass out than Saban. They didn't do all three arms. They were like, oh, no, he's out. No, he's out, yeah. 
Okay, Samoa Joe is either going to be facing off against AJ Styles or PD Williams, both of which were watching the match, one out on the stage and one in the back on the monitor. Here's a highlight of Sean Waltman and Jerry Lynn yelling about making his career in 91 or so. Oh, my God, there's footage. Did you just see that? Whoa. Are they... What? They were just bound to each other. I think they were teaming in that one. Yeah, they're definitely tag-team partners, yeah. What? Does it say what company this is? I'm trying to read the map. Oh, my God. Oh, now he's attacked with a chair. What the fuck? Wait, this is making the storyline way better. That they're, like, showing wicked old footage like that. Jerry Lynn should have said, remember when you hit me with that chair in Japan in 1992? You motherfucker. I never forgot. Don't you touch me. And Walman could have said, I've hit a lot of people with chairs. I don't know what you're talking about. Nope. Oh, this is them fighting in an indie show. Hmm. Modern. You and me, boy. Jump on me. You wanted it this way. Hey, Cassie Riley. Being interviewed here by Shane Douglas. He's got his fingers taped up, dude. What is it with this morbid curiosity that you seem to have with Raven? A lot of people said that the first time Raven came to save me was a coincidence. But last week, he proved to me it was no coincidence. Because he came to help him again. He's saying Raven has an interest in me. An interest in him. Oh. That's important. He's talking about you know, Raven's not going to be teaming with Sabu. And then it's Cassidy Riley's like, <sighs> he's a little disappointed. He wanted to be picked. Who better be that to be overlooked for than uh, Sabu? He's excited about it, though. Can you imagine the carnage, the violence? He's, he says it's over a week away. He's like, I gotta go. I gotta get a seat for this. That's funny. Oh, Jimmy Hart's back. The Naturals. The NWA Tag Team Champions, but you wouldn't know that because they haven't defended him in quite some time. Yeah, you know, that's... uh, It's kind of weird. Yeah. Why they haven't defended him. We've really been in, like, regular tag team matches. They've been doing six-man a lot. Mm-hmm. But that's okay, because it looks like they're going to be now against Team Canada. Oh, look at that, Bob. No way. It is literally a title match. And here comes Eric Young, Bobby Roode, oh. A1. I was saying no way in the sense that A1 was getting a title shot here. But it looks like it's uh, Roode and Young, as it should be. Yeah, I think it is. 
A1 should be going for the world title. Yes, absolutely. Um, I got some interesting stuff here, Bob. Not really about Team Canada, but they're making their engine. So um, it's, it's being noted that apparently TNA is thinking about publishing a magazine. And then we talked about it recently, but doing the weekly online live radio show hosted by Jeremy Borash. And Alvarez says, as if the company wasn't losing enough money as it is. Uh, yeah, they they don't have a fan base to the level to be doing a magazine. The magazine thing is mind blowing to me. There, yeah, there's no and and you know what a TNA magazine? You ain't selling that to kids. Well, parents yeah. would be like, "What the hell? No way!" Impact, maybe they could like do it like that. Well, impact if it was impact, yeah, maybe. Starting out with Bobby Roode and Chase Stevens here. Uh, it's also being said that there is a Victory Road turning point and lockdown. Three DVD pack coming soon to Walmart. What? You mean the one I bought? What? <laughs> I, um... Was it that one? It was $10, I think, Bob. I'm pretty oh, sure those, I paid... those were cheap as fuck. Because I remember getting a three... Three event one years later at uh, Best Buy. And it was like $7.99. Wow. Naturals double team taking out Bobby Roode over the knee. Eric Young gets in the ring, comes off the ropes, double back body drop. Um, and on the DVD front here, it's actually being reported here because of the legal threats from WWE. TNA had to do new voiceovers for its DVD releases that were be going to Walmart's nationwide for all matches involving the former Michael Shane and Outlaw so that the DVD releases will have the names Matt Bentley and Kip James. There you go. So here's where uh, it's being reported. Perfect. So we're all caught up now. And of course, now everyone's names are changed. So really, we don't have any more voiceovers to worry about. Yeah, until the next, you know, lawsuit. Who knows? Yeah, really. It's it's so funny, though, because I remember when I bought the TNA DVD, I think I know knew of the company, if I remember correctly. But then it was like, it's also like $10. So, of course, I'm going to ask if I can buy this. Right. And I did. And here we are. Doing a podcast. Not using those DVDs that you bought. No, but they got a lot of use. I watched those a lot. Bobby Roode has Andy Douglas in the corner. Eric Young's in. They're doing kicks to him. Double team attack by the Canadians. Oh, hangs up Andy Douglas on the top rope of the suplex. Going for a cover. One. No, that's a one count. Sorry, Eric Young. What world are we in that, Bob, 18 years later here? Uh, Slammiversary. Eric Young is back with Team Canada and A1 made in a run-in. What is happening in this world? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Must be we, live in a, we live in a world where a guy got murdered. And then I don't know how long it had been because I don't really watch Impact, but is resurrected. Yep. And returns. I feel like it's been like a year. I don't know for sure, but it has not been that long. Yeah. I don't know. 
Uh, we are 20 minutes and 45 seconds into the show, if you're watching along, as Babirut has, like, a bear, reverse bear hug on Andy Douglas. And they're, like, on the ground. Oh, Andy Douglas breaking out. Off the ropes. Whoa. Oh. Roll one, two. two. Oh. Jimmy Hart and A1 are getting suspiciously close to each other at ringside. Backslide. I'm sure that's just because A1's not really paying attention. Yeah. And Jimmy Hart loves to move around ringside. Well, and Jimmy Hart is making sure he's on the hard. He knows what side he needs to be on. Oh, yeah. Get that I mean, face on, on the... They joke about on that on in the hands Conrad hands. podcast where it's like, yeah, yeah. Jimmy Hart, he's making sure his face is on TV. Yeah. Oh, Net um, or Andy Douglas threw both Bobby Roode and Eric Young into each other with headbutts. They're trying to tag their partners, but nope. Oh, Brood got the tag. Okay. Focusing on the ribs here of Andy Douglas. I guess since, I mean, I wasn't really going to say because it it's not that newsworthy, but since Jimmy Hart is out here, uh, he did an interview on Monday Night Mayhem where he talked about uh, Shannon Moore being backstage at Impact and was really hoping that the company would pick him up. What is with everybody loving Shannon Moore? Well, it's funny because this is actually, I mean, Alvarez points out that Jimmy Hart is the person responsible for three count. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so he at least is familiar with him. So I think that is uh, probably why he has the interest in him. But it is interesting how much people are like, yo, Shannon Moore. Get Shannon Moore. I don't get it. I don't don't understand. Double team by Team Canada again. These guys are really working it over here. Ducks to close on Bandy Douglas. Oh, it comes back to a high knee, taking out Eric Young. What's going to happen next? Jimmy Hart is getting hunted. Give him the megaphone, Jimmy. Yeah, cheat. Oh, Rude stops. He nails Stevens off the apron. That prevents a tag. Oh, they're beating down Douglas again. Chase Stevens is freaking pissed. So freaking mad, dude. Oh, nice kick to the gut there. Irish whip sends Douglas into the corner. But he gets the boot up as Rude comes after him. He goes again, gets an elbow. And he runs at him. Oh, oh, uh-huh. get the tag, get the tag. That's okay, that worked. He went over him. And now Chase Stevens up. He's fired up. He's knocking on Team Canada. Even A1's getting in the ring, dude. And there he goes. Sent over the top. He's winning the Battle Royal. He won. does like nothing. Yeah, pretty much. Literally nothing, right? He... He's he's essentially a a manager, but he's always in wrestling gear and like will, like once a month wrestle. Right. Oh my god, that clothesline Eric Young on the apron. Double Alabama leg slam, Alabama. Alabama. How, how do you hype me now? 
How do you like me now? P.D. Williams is out here now, dude. Everyone in Team Ganda is out here. Are we about to see a title change on Impact? Are we about to see it? I don't know. The numbers game is not working out for the Naturals here. Look at that. Slam down on Chase Stevens. Eric Young from the top with an elbow. <gasps> oh, my God. I thought they were about to get him. <laughs> Holy shit. That was close. That was wicked freaking close, dude. Oh. Rude took Jimmy Hart's megaphone. Referee is distracted. Oh, Andy Douglas got it out of his hand. And, oh, he hits Eric Young, who I don't think is the legal man. Andy Douglas picks it back up. Oh, they're doing the Eddie spot. He threw the megaphone to Bobby Roode. Everyone's knocked down besides Roode. And, oh, is he just caught? Oh, man, they rang the bell. Referees are so stupid. I love how Andrew Thomas can just look around like, oh, you, well, okay, yep. <laughs> Which is, it goes against everything that they say in wrestling. It's like, well, he didn't see it happen. Right. It's pretty funny. It's so, oh, so dumb. Team Canada is going for the beatdown now. Jimmy Hart is just standing on the apron like, come on, baby. Get up, baby. Oh, who's running out? AMW. Oh, my goodness. They're here. American Swan wanted making the save. I have a note about AMW, Bob. Apparently, uh, on an indie show on July 30th in West Liberty, Kentucky, Chris Harris tried out doing a heel uh, persona on this really? indie show. Uh, Harris and James Storm had been promised, apparently, a heel run as tag champions when they signed their TNA contract several months back. Uh, there have been beginnings of teases, but the trigger hasn't been pulled. Uh, Dave, I think Dave says, I think one of the holdups is the feeling that the Naturals right now aren't strong enough baby faces. They're working together in... Um, oh, that's a spoiler, so I'm not saying that. Uh, so I'm not saying that. I almost just spoiled something, but we're getting the beginning parts of that right here on screen. AW's handing the tag titles to the Naturals. Oh, wait a second. They're pulling them up. Hmm. Yeah, was like a, uh, a little bit of a tease there. A little bit of a tease there. Um, interesting. Um, I almost spoiled the match. It's not exactly what you just saw on screen, but it's about that kind of um, but anyways, they're holding back on booking stuff for October, a lot of this stuff. So we might not see a lot of this stuff really come to fruition until then. You don't, you think the AMW heel turn wouldn't be until October? That's, I mean, they're holding back on a lot of major stuff. Oh my God. Do you see this right now, dude? The toys are out. I didn't know they were out already. They, so Abyss is coming out, and there's a fan in the crowd squeezing the Abyss legs together so he does his taunt with the chain in his hand. Is it a custom, though? No, that was a real one. I have it. Okay. Speaking of Abyss, um, apparently Abyss really did take the staples to his head and not just his mask because oh, wow. 
Um, they took footage of him gouging the staples out backstage, and they were going to be putting that on a DVD release as like a bonus. That reminds me of uh, the footage that was on the Royal Rumble 2000 uh, VHS tape when Triple H got like a piece of wood stuck in his leg, and they uh, showed it getting plied out of his uh, his calf or whatever. That's gross. I have one Indian note for Abyss. Back on August 5th, and by back then I mean today, the same day as the show was uh, anyway. Abyss won the BPW heavyweight title in a last man standing chain match when he Whoa. defeated Cody Hawk in Ooh. Middletown, Ohio. Cody Hawk, the trainer of John Moxley. Wow, look at that. Abyss taking on Apollo here on Impact. I'm assuming this probably won't go very long, but. Very interesting. Well, you think Apollo's going to beat him real quick? Yeah. That's what I thought you. That's what I thought you thought. Yeah. They're showing the crowd doing oh, uh, this. It's I hate it. It's your favorite chant in the world. No. What's more annoying, and you know that abyss chant or an ECW chant after a chair shot? <laughs> the ECW channel. Okay. Or when in, there's any. In 2023. Right. Yeah, I think that's the bigger part of this. <laughs> it's not a couple of years after it closed, it's 20. Right. Yeah, that's bad. Or you have Tommy Dreamer cry every time someone mentions ECW. Uh, 20 years ago, I put my blood on the line. Me in this small company. You heard of it, ECW? <laughs> uh, boot to Abyss. Look at this. Apollo clothesline him out to the floor. Well, look at the slingshot. Oh, he kicks him. What's Apollo about to do here? Okay, nothing. He, he dropped down. He to the apron just to then kick him in the face. Even Mike Tanay got hyped for a second. Yeah, he got tricked. He's like, oh, look at that. Oh, never mind. Just kicks the face. Um, it's being noted, too, here. That I, we keep talking about DVDs, so I just want to get this out of the way. As Abyss whips Apollo against Segardra. Um, In a nice gesture, TNA is donating a portion of the profit sales of the lockdown DVD to the Chris Candido Scholarship Fund. And the DVD will also feature a tribute video for him uh, and his last two appearances on Impact. Chris Candido Scholarship Fund? He doesn't have any kids. Maybe it's a wrestling scholarship. And they're doing it as like a in his memory kind of thing. I don't what know. are the what are the chances of uh Tammy taking all that money? I wasn't gonna say it, but I was definitely thinking it. Because yeah. I've literally never heard of that. Clutching the right shoulder, dude. He's in pain. Swing neck break, huh? The superstar from Puerto Rico cannot put the monster away. Oh, James Mitchell holding the foot as he's going off the ropes there. Oh, Abyss comes in with a clothesline. 
look at James. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I'm innocent. Abyss pushes Apollo to the ground and then just starts choking him. A couple weeks ago on Impact, a monster abyss. That's right. They're talking about how Abyss, after the match, he just kind of like started coming out and beating the shit out of people because he's the weapon of mass destruction and James Mitchell has the button in hand. Look at him wrenching at the head of Apollo here. No one ever submits to a move like this, but I like how we got a whole... Look at Look at He's getting the hype behind the card, dude. How's the name really doing anything? There's like no. eight people in the uh, second section clapping. Where's like, T-shirt guy? He's not here today. Uh, I don't, I don't see him. But there's like eight people clapping, and then like four other people started doing it because they looked over and saw them doing it. So they're like, okay. So basically, twelve people were clapping for Apollo. Oh, Sabu and Raven. How are you? How are they just now promoting that? Oh, you're going to see Raven and Sabu tonight. What? Oh, my God. We're, we're literally awesome. 34 minutes, 15 seconds into the show, and they were finally telling us. Yeah, by the yeah, way, Raven a, and Sabu. It's a 45-minute show or an hour, but, you know, 45 minute action. Right, right. Although, I mean, if you downloaded this on their website, it is probably just the 45 minutes, isn't it? You think they put it in commercials? No, in yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the version we're watching is the Sun Sports one, so there is commercial breaks. And the way they talk, that still might be the case when you download it. It still might do the same thing, like the fade to black and come back. Right, yeah. But I don't know. Maybe they're throwing some stuff in there. You never know. So referee Rudy Charles is distracted because Sunny Siaki and James Mitchell are yelling at each other ringside. So Abyss is grabbing a chair. And... Okay, don't know what that was. Oh, well, Apollo super kicked him. I don't know, dude. That was wicked badly communicated. Super kick to the face, going for the cover. Referee still detracted. Oh, one, two, nope. Oh, counters that. Abyss pulls him back. Black hole slam. That's got to be it. Three. Um, little sloppy there at the end. Uh, not, yeah. not awful besides that, though. Yeah, Apollo, like, ducked under a chair shot, but Abyss didn't even swing it. He, like, ducked under... He ducked the chair. Yeah, it was weird. It was bizarre. Oh, who's getting in the ring? Big Lance Hoyt. Cassie Riley. Ah, oh, damn it. Okay. Dallas, I'm going to say this right now. If Dave Meltzer says that Chris Harris has bad punches, then what do we call those Lance Hoyt punches? Because those were bad. <laughs> also, notice, uh, tucked in the jeans, the back of the jeans, he's got a custom Hoyt shirt that the fans probably made him because it looks like the, the Hoytomania logo that they wear on their shirts. Oh, wait, he's on the microphone. You talk about setting an example. You talk about wrong place, wrong time. You made the wrong choice. And you chose the wrong man. Abyss, just in case you forgot my name. 
They'll tell it to you. Hoi, hoi, hoi. And he makes the crowd chant it, which they do. I have a feeling we know a sacrifice match, Bob. And Larry Zabisco is talking with the alpha male, Monty Brown, backstage. So you're saying he's out of options, out of decisions, and Monty Brown's pissed. I think it's about the BGJ being the referee situation. Yep. There you go. After pouncing him, beating him to a pulp. I have no options. You're beating up all the referees. That's not my he goes, yeah, they're complaining about uh, unsafe work environments. That's not that problem. The alpha male Serengeti, an unsafe work environment? You think it's dangerous? You think they don't want to work now? If you put B Jizzle in my match <laughs> as a special guest referee, the Serengeti. The Serengeti will become much more dangerous. I can't take him seriously when he says be jizzle. I know. Do you like that? Be j- Oh, what? Diamonds in the rough. Oh, shit. David Young. And Simon Diamond. So they're... They must be taking on uh, Sabu and uh, Raven. They must be. I got two more notes for you, Bob. I'll say during these entrances. Um, we have a return coming up at Sacrifice. And there's no way you're going to guess it, so I'm just going to tell you. There's it's, a return at Sacrifice? Yeah, it's someone's coming back at Sacrifice. It, it's, uh, it's Johnny Fairplay. Um, no way. <laughs> no way. Um, it's being noted that although his role isn't finalized, this was a Dixie Carter call. She was the one who went after him in his first place after Survivor. He is back on a reality show on E! called Kill Reality. But it's not like that show has any buzz. Uh, he says, I think it hit, it opened to a 0.7, which isn't bad for E, but he, he is not a celebrity tie-in. And even if he was, they don't need one until October among the suggested ideas in him is him managing Sean Waltman. Huh. Yeah. And my final note here is Sabu is in I the could, ring. I could see mm-hmm. him with Waltman. I could see that too. Especially how Waltman's this new heel. Yeah, yeah. It could work. He's been acting. Sebulso's entrance, the lights went out and he just appeared in the ring. Well, because then originally Fair Play was like, oh, let me manage Samoa Joe like three years ago or like two years ago. Yeah, he said he wanted to do that. He pitched it. Here comes Raven. Um, My final note. uh, Matt Hardy's first ever match and probably last match against AJ Styles took place. Uh, on a Norm Connor indie show on July 29th in Moorville, Pennsylvania. You might, I don't know if you mentioned this one or not. I can't remember. So, it Yeah, matter. it's the inter- International Wrestling Cartel. Right. Um, it drew 714 fans. Uh, apparently, though, uh, they've got several reports raving about this 30-minute-plus match, saying that it was off the charts. Um, and interestingly enough, as Bob noted, since we did talk about it, Styles won the match, but which is a rare bout 
between a TNA contracted star and WWE contracted star, which is interesting because as I was reading this, how they keep saying a rare WWE versus TNA bout, they seem to be popping up more and more. Yeah. So how rare are they? But David Young, or sorry, Simon Diamond's going right after Raven here. I'm looking up right now because I'm pretty sure I reviewed that show. I believe it. Shocking, I know. Seven. Right hand a Raven. Seven twenty nine. Yeah. So there would be no excuses. And I'm sure that if AJ Russell's next week, I'll uh, make note of it again. But right. Let's see. Raven just or uh, David Young slipped out of the Raven effect after it was countered once. David Young mm-hmm. self tagged in. Now Sabu's in. His first match back here in TNA. He's officially in action. Dallas, you want to take a guess on how many stars I gave that match? Oh, man, the way you were talking about this. I'm going to say you gave it four stars. I did. Holy shit. I gave him four stars. Okay, guys, I think we found one of our bonus episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I don't even remember watching it. But, I mean, I don't. I can't tell you anything about it. But and, I mean, so that adds up to his reports here that apparently it was a wicked good match. Yeah, probably, yeah. Must have been. Sabu had the camel clutch in. Halfway, at least, to David Young. But Simon Diamond broke that up while the referee is distracted with Raven. He's going to scoop and slam Sabu down. No. Oh, it puts him in the turnbuckle. Okay. A little tree of woe. Tree of woe. Diamond with a knee. Running knee to the midsection. Suplex. Oh, Simon series. I got a couple of notes here for uh, Sabu. A few interesting ones kind of here. Okay. Uh, Back on July 22nd, Sabu teamed with Madman Pondo, losing to America's Most Wanted at JCW Gathering of the Juggalos 2005, JCW versus TNA Night One. Wow. And then on July 24th, uh, which was night three of the Juggalos event. Jeff Jarrett defeated Sabu. Mm. Wow. Which is kind of interesting. I would like to see a Jeff Jarrett-Sabu match. We yeah, haven't seen that, have we? I don't know. If, I don't think so. Saw a nice spine buster by David Young a minute ago, though. Now Sabu's diving off the middle rope to him. Takes him out. And then on the same day as the show, Sabu defeated Chad Collier. For IWA Mid-South. Okay. Raven throws David Young into the corner. And then with a clothesline. High knee to Simon Diamond. What the fuck is that? Raven just took a towel out of his pocket. Put it up to his face. And then shoved it in David Young's face. And I have no idea what that was supposed to be. It's the snot rag. Oh, that's like what he's doing? He like blew his nose on it? Yeah, like he's done that before. Raven doesn't have any notes. Yeah, he did that. Um, I think in WWE he was doing that. WWE. Really? I, or ECW for sure. Like his second run. Wow, in ECW dude. I, I don't know if I've ever noted, seen him do that. Raven effect on David Young. Sabu's got a chair. Sabu just took out both members of Diamonds and the Rough. Look at that. Face buster off the middle rope with the chair. Arabian face buster. Correct. 
Simon Diamond stayed on the floor and watched David Young get pinned. Oh, and here comes shit. Jared and Rhino. Raven, Jarrett trading punches. Rhino's going after Sabu. I find that interesting. Pay attention to that. Oh, Sabu tosses Rhino to the floor. Raven's holding Jarrett, it kind of looks like. Oh, he's biting him. Security coming in. Oh, my God. Sabu off the chair takes out Rhino, Security, and Jarrett. He's homicidal. He's suicidal. He's genocidal. He's Sabu. I thought Raven was about to deck Sabu. Right. Don't trust anyone. I told uh, you we're not friends. Then even blown that And we go off the air. Uh, all right. I would say that was a, a, a good show. Not as good as the last like two episodes. I agree with that completely. I was thinking the same thing. I think the other ones are better, but I do think that that was a pretty good episode of Impact. And Bob, we got one more, and then we're at sacrifice already. It's pretty. Crazy. I like. I mean, I like so far, or lately at least, I like the pacing of it, where it's not like, oh, hey, six weeks before a show. Now I'm sure it's going to happen again, but um, I don't think I it happens. Four or five too, weeks is pretty good. Yeah, I don't think it happens too much more, if I remember correctly. But I mean, I'm sure there'll definitely be times where it does. Um, yeah, I agree, though. I think it's it's quick. It makes their them have to be on top of their booking with what they're doing. We get pay-per-view matches almost announced immediately, and then the story builds to make you get more excited about those matches. So, yeah, I completely agree. Good yeah. show. I, Sacrifice is shaping up to be pretty decent. It's a, I feel like it's a different format pay-per-view-wise than we're getting so far. Like, we... I don't, we don't have any title matches announced. And honestly, at this point in time, we had a potential tease for a tag team title. But I don't know. Are we going to see any title matches? I, that's a good question. I, Sacrifice feels like a B-level pay-per-view. And I'm, I'm not saying like a skippable one. No, but it does. But they're clearly, they're trying to hold off on stuff before they get to spike yeah even on pay-per-view it seems like it does it definitely feels like that so i don't know it'll be uh interesting how they kind of put together sacrifice you know filling it out because you want there to be at least you know something to draw people in i mean is the x cup finals really the the drawing point for that i don't know the tag team match with Raven and, and Sebu against Jarrett Rhino probably can, but yeah, I want to have something else. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Because that's what I was thinking. I mean, because then you're, I mean, you do that, you're not having an NWA title match. Yeah. Which feels like the bare minimum of something you'd want, but it wouldn't be the first. It's not. It's what the, at least the second off the top of my head that we wouldn't have an NWA title match. I mean, lockdown, we didn't have it. Was there any others off the top of your head? I don't know, but. I don't think so. That might have been like the only other one, but the difference is that that one had a lot of gimmicks to it. So like you were still invested in it because there's a bunch of other stuff to look forward to. So I don't know. It's very interesting. I'm curious to see how it shapes up, though. Yeah. We'll have to see how it plays out over the next uh, week or so. Yeah. 
But uh, all right. I think that pretty that much wraps wrap us up, up for this week. Yeah, that's going to wrap us up. So for Dallas Greeley, I'm Bob Collier Jr., and this has been the TNA Cross Line Podcast. Yeah.